For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bailey is tracked down for a short loss. Shamarco Thomas. It's like a missile. It's a heat-seeking missile to the football. Charles finding someone, directing his body, and trying to run through that person. An explosive safety. For some programs, maybe doesn't mean as much. For this Syracuse program, it means a lot. What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network with episode 17 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast, presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. Internet sensation Kyle Leff is here with us, so we are in capable hands as always. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Mike. I say this every week, I'm doing well, but I am. You know, my Saints beat the Bucks yesterday without Jameis Winston because he got hurt. Trevor Simeon, the pride of Northwestern, came out and saved us. So it's a it's a good day to be a Tom Brady hater. It's a great day. And the Eagles won a game. You won big as well. They didn't take years off my life in doing so. So it was it was it was a good weekend for sure. And and I got to take uh, my son to the dome. It was the first time I was able to take my son to a sporting event in about two years since the pandemic started. Um, since the dome lifted their their uh, COVID restrictions on five to twelve year olds being um, forced to have a negative test. They lifted that so that he didn't have to. Um, And so we were able to bring them and it was, it was great. It was fun time. So definitely a good weekend. Um, And Syracuse got a win as well. A big win 21 to six over Boston college. But before we get to that, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Let's go right there with our, our kind of macro level thoughts on this win. And we'll start with you, Kyle. My macro level thoughts is this, as we've said, gets them into bowl contention, which is huge. I mean, this firstly I mean Dino realistically is safe this season, unless something like catastrophic happens. This means now we're up for awards and we're up for big nominations for things. As we've seen, Sean Tucker, who we'll discuss later, is now being put on those lists and those ballots for the Maxwell Award and for the Heisman. He's being put on them now because he, you know, is the best running back in the nation. But whatever. Uh, we'll save that for later. And I mean, the last thing is this team is finally like looks happy. I mean, the dome was rocking. Uh, wasn't as crowded as last the recent games have been, but Domes did well. Big plays that we'll discuss. And this puts us in a good spot where we need to win one game to secure bowl contention, which is, you know, 
huge. Yeah, I mean, you get three cracks at it. And of the four remaining games, when, when you looked at it realistically, and they're sitting at four and four, and you looked at the last four games of the schedule, the Boston College game was probably the one that was the, I want to say easiest, because I, I don't think any conference game is easy, but the one that you, you probably felt the best about, right? The, the most winnable. Um, Louisville certainly has its flaws, but that's a road game. Uh, NC State is is a good team. They're they're going they're uh, you know they've been ranked. They've been in the top twenty. They beat Clemson. Um, they've been very good at home. And you have that game on the road. That will of course be a tough game. But they're not unbeatable by any means. And then you got Pittsburgh, who has perhaps the best offense in the ACC. Virginia might want something to say about that, but they're certainly in the discussion. And you, but you you get them in the dome. But that's not going to be an easy game because of how dynamic that offense is. So the fact that you get Boston College, who struggles offensively, they are vulnerable to a good rushing attack. I thought that this was a very important game. Syracuse gets the win, even though it was ugly for the entire first half. But they woke up and did what they needed to in the second half. They get to five and four. You've won two in a row. You're building momentum. Now you get a week off to get yourself healthy again for those final three games. And I'm with you. If they're competitive in these final three games, I don't even think it's an afterthought about whether or not Dino comes back, regardless of whether they win any of them. But if they can figure out a way to win even one of them, obviously you you feel pretty good about getting back to a bowl game. So a good win for Syracuse, for sure. Keep that momentum going. And anytime you can beat a Northeast rival who you battle with in in recruiting quite a bit as well, um, also important. Before we get into some of the good stuff, and we will talk about the third quarter surge. We will talk about some good special teams play. And of course, we're going to talk about the living legend, Sean Tucker. Obviously. But before we get to that, we do have to talk about the bad. And the main thing that was bad in this game from a Syracuse perspective was the offense in the first half. They just, they really, really struggled. They, they finished the first half with three straight drives that ended with a punt. Prior to that, they had a punt on their first drive. Their second drive was a really nice-looking drive, 16 plays, 69 yards. They had ended up with a third and goal at the Boston College three-yard line. And someone forgot to make a block. And so as soon as Garrett Schrader goes to throw his, his quick fade, he's hit. The ball's thrown backwards. It's a fumble. Boston College recovers. Now, instead of at least getting three points to start the scoring kind of early in that game, you end up with nothing and Boston College still has some momentum. Then your next drive, you drive 54 yards. You're kind of in no man's land between punting and and kicking a field goal. So you go for a fourth down uh, shot and you don't convert it. Then the three straight punts before the half. Just struggles. And, And most of it, honestly was because the passing game was just anemic in this game for Syracuse. It just was. Garrett Schrader finished the game 5 for 14 passing. That's a whopping 35%. 65 yards passing. Sacked three times. You feel like you're not going to win a lot of games like that, but with this rushing attack, you probably can. But still, that that was a large, large reason why Syracuse struggled in that first half. Uh, I mean, they lacked a little bit of balance. I thought, especially in the second quarter, 
they got away from, um, you know, th- their rushing attack a little bit, went a little bit too, too pass heavy, trying to combat what Boston College was doing. Um, but, you know, once they got to the third quarter, they, they turned that around from a play calling perspective. But Garrett Schrader's got to be better. We know that um, in terms of throwing the football. And uh, it, it was a big reason why it took him so long to really get going. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've discussed how this team is built around the rushing attack of the, and the offense. That's what it is that it's built around Tucker. It's built around Schrader running the ball. We all know this. It's not a secret. I mean, we'll discuss, we'll discuss the living legends later, but that's what we knew this team was built around. But even in games where uh, Schrader has been bad, I mean, he was bad against tech. He was bad against Clemson. He was bad against wake. And he was even bad against Florida state passing the ball. He still threw at least 150 at least. And it looked decent enough. This game, I'm sorry, 65 yards on 14 passes is not good enough. It's never good enough. It's not even close. I mean, Cordy Jackson's return touchdown was that long. Like that that's one play. I mean, you, sh- you cannot. shouldn't have as many punt return yards as you do passing. You, yes, you unless, really should not. Unless your returner runs four back, you shouldn't have right. that happen. Right. And that's just not good enough. And it felt like in this game, and tell me if I'm wrong, that he was just inaccurate. That we've discussed it before that in recent games, either he's been inaccurate or it's been the defense playing well. The defense playing well, we give him a pass. And we said ahead of time, the BC pass defense is the best in the ACC. It's up there with us in SU. It's us, BC, or us, BC, and Clemson as the best pass defenses. We got that. We understood that. And we expected it to be a good game, them defending the pass well. But this wasn't them defending the pass well. This was just straighter, in all honesty, sucking. I mean, this this was not a situation where nobody was open. He's throwing the ball away a lot. It was just inaccurate passes. Boston College stacked the box. They were trying to take the legs of Garrett Schrader away. They were trying to take Sean Tucker away and force Syracuse to become a passing team, feeling like Syracuse could not beat them by throwing the football. And honestly, they were right. Syracuse was not going to beat Boston College if they had to rely on the passing game. It just was not going to happen. But this was not a situation where their corners were locking down the Syracuse receivers, even though they were stacking the box. There were plays to be made there through the air. Now, the last thing I'll say on Garrett Schrader before we start moving into some of the positive things is his limitations are his limitations. He's going to struggle throwing the football at times for the rest of this season. He just is. The best hope you you can have as a Syracuse fan is that he works like crazy in the offseason to develop that aspect of his game and becomes more competent and more consistent as a thrower of the football as a, as a running quarterback and as a zone read, um, you know, option quarterback, someone who will either keep it or give it off to, to Tucker. He makes good decisions in that area. He's dynamic with the ball in his hands. You have no concerns there. So that's, I don't think you're going to see much, much significant change in that area for the rest of the season. It kind of is what it is. It's tailgating season and no one does it better than Hoffman Sausage Company. Beer Bratwurst, Jalapeno Cheddar Sausage, Kabasi, and Bun Length Chicken Sausage. Add them to the menu with classic German Franks and Snappy Grillers and fans will go wild. Proudly made in New York since 1879, when you bite into a Hoffman, you experience a little bit of upstate history. Taste tells, Hoffman is a proud partner of Syracuse University Athletics. But 
the third quarter surge where Syracuse turned things around. They got back to what Syracuse football is, and that is running the football. This season, that's what Syracuse football is about. That's the identity of Syracuse football. And you know what? That's fine. It doesn't matter how you score points, how you rack up yards, as long as you do. And in the third quarter in this game, Boston College came out of the second half and marched right down the field. Long drive, got inside the Syracuse 10. Syracuse defense comes up with another red zone stop, forces a field goal. Boston College kicks it six to nothing. And at that point, you really felt like it was going to be real tough for Boston College to find the end zone. And you were just hoping, if you're a Syracuse fan, that Syracuse could find a way to break through. And if they could get a score, a touchdown or two on the board, that would put a ton of pressure on a Boston College offense that frankly just was outmatched by Syracuse's defense. We'll spare saying that they suck, and we'll we'll put a little bit on the Syracuse defense is, is pretty good. Too kind, too um, kind. Too kind. So the, the third quarter surge was really about a five-minute stretch of game time. It started with Syracuse's first possession after that Boston College field goal. Syracuse comes out and runs the ball, runs the ball, and they end up with a 51-yard touchdown run by Sean Tucker. And you could just sort of feel in the stadium that the Syracuse fans kind of went, okay, here we go. Everything's going to be okay. And the team kind of felt that way. Um, and and here's, here's all you need to know about the play calling. We mentioned that they went a little bit pass heavy in the first half. On that drive that resulted in the 51-yard touchdown run by Sean Tucker, here's your play call chart. Run for three yards, run for 14 yards, run for 11 yards. Sean Tucker, 51 touchdown, four straight runs. And it didn't matter that Boston College knew it was coming. Now, the first three runs were by Schrader, where he racked up 28 yards on three runs. And then instead of keeping it, he gives it off to Sean Tucker. So Boston College's focus shifts a little bit to try to shut down Schrader. You go back to Tucker. That's how those two play off each other. He runs for 51 yards, scores a touchdown. Syracuse gets a stop, gets the ball back. A few plays later, Garrett Schrader runs for 48 yards and a touchdown. Kick the ball off to Boston College. They go three and out. And on the ensuing punt, Courtney Jackson, 64 yards, touchdown. And it went from six to nothing Boston College with about eight minutes to go in the half in the third quarter to 21 to six Syracuse with three minutes to go in the third quarter. And to be honest with you, it felt like that lead was insurmountable for what Boston college's offense had done throughout that game. And the defense proved it because Boston college started with the ball. Uh, They had driven into Syracuse territory. They, got a fourth down and one conversion to get down to the Syracuse 15 yard line. And then Syracuse with a sack Syracuse with a tackle for loss and another sack. Next thing you know, Boston college is out of field goal range and they don't get any points. And it was just sort of cruise control from there. But that five minute stretch really was, was what this game ended up being about. And I'm going to say it firstly, Uh, special teams, you called it. You said it's a special teams play or two, and you said it on behalf of BC. If BC does well on special teams, they'll do well though in the game. 
Special teams was won by Syracuse and by one play by Courtney Jackson, which is Boston amazing. College had a clear advantage coming into this game on oh, special teams, but Syracuse definitely won it in this one. We won it in this one. Schmidt didn't miss an extra point. He went three for three. He didn't have a field goal chance. Uh, Williams punted 40 plus yards on average per punt, which is amazing. It's uh, highest so we, of the season, by the way. Highest of the season. Good to see. So overall, great special teams play. But the other touchdowns, the, the first two touchdowns we had, I believe the saying is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the <laughs> offense, as we've said, as I said previously, built around the run game. So cool. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. What do they do? As you said, run, run, run. Sean Tucker touchdown. That was, that was to summarize it. That give a strategy that works. Straight ran is at 28 yards and then Tucker ran for 51. Cool. That works with me. I mean, no one's complaining. And then next drive, as you said, Schrader runs the touchdown. And both touchdowns, first of the Tucker one, was a majestic run. I mean, was a decently straight line run, a couple, a couple jumps here or there, a couple cuts. But for the most part, it was just as soon as he broke through the first line of defense, he was gone. He straight lined it to the end zone. The Schrader run, he made a few guys miss. He uh, had a good a wheel to the outside and then was down the sideline and home. It was both amazing runs, both perfect. And that's what our offense is. And we accept that. We went into this game accepting that and knowing that this offense is going to be just a run-heavy offense. And, I mean, Sean Tucker, firstly, Kenneth Walker earlier in the day dropped a 190-yard, five-touchdown game. Sean Tucker came back and said, okay, you ran for more touchdowns. I'll run for more yards. That's fine. And he did it. And the offense is built around that. And that's what that surge was, was we're going back to what works, which is running the ball and trusting that Schrader and Tucker know what they're doing. And they nailed it. I mean, that's what it was. As you said, the first half was pass heavy. Schrader, as we said, can't pass that well. With the hope in the offseason, he goes, he passes well. He learns how to pass the ball. And then this offense gets scary good. But until that happens, just run the ball. I mean, it works. <laughs> Sean Tucker, 207 yards and a touchdown. I mean, what what can what more can you say about him? And not only was it that 51 yard run, but he had another run that was 37 yards. He had another run that was 40 yards. Uh, he's he's just on. I mean, eight yards a carry against a defense that was specifically designed to stop him, and he only had one run that went for negative yards on the day. Eight, eight yards a carry, as we mentioned. He leads the nation in rushing yards. He leads the nation in yards from scrimmage. He is a semifinalist for the Maxwell Award, which is given, it, it's like, it's almost like a Heisman Jr. It's given to the nation's best player, but it's not quite as prestigious as the Heisman, but it is still a very prestigious award. Um, he is now in the DraftKings Heisman odds for the first time this season. He He's having the best season a running back has had at Syracuse save the Ernie Davis Heisman trophy season. Uh, that season's always going to be number one because he won the Heisman trophy. Uh, but Sean Tucker is having at least just statistically outside of the Heisman uh, potentially a, a better season. He's just, we could sit here and try to come up with words all day. Right. But what can we actually say that hasn't been said a million times where that's I mean, going to be, uh, we could invent new words. He's globorgeous or so. I mean, I mean, let's come up with glamazing. I, yes, I glamazing. That, I mean, the thing you're forgetting, you forgot is once you forgot one more stat. So he's leading the nation in yards from scrimmage 
and rushing yards. And he's leading in all purpose yards, which by the way, includes like punt return, kick return, interception yards, all of them. He's leading right. the nation in that too. And he's, he's leading eighth. the nation in every yards from everything. And he's eighth in total touchdowns. Oh my God. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's just, there's no other, there's no other descriptive word that I can come up with that hasn't already been said a million times. He's, he's having a special season. It's a historic season. It's been fun to watch. And yes, I am pleased with Sean Tucker's performance yes. so far. And you know what the best part is Mike, what we're forgetting. What year is he? He's a freshman. He's a, uh, I thought he's a sophomore. <laughs> well, he, so he's in his second season, but he's a freshman because of the COVID year. Yes. So, you know what that means? We have at least one more year minimum of Sean. There's one more year of Sean Tucker. And if he wanted to, he could have three more years if he really wanted to. No one in Syracuse would complain. I I don't think we're expecting him to stick around for that long. But yes, you have him for at least one more season. Um, And, you know, I said, please, with his performance, his tweets have become a sensation. There are. So go to his tweets, go to his Twitter account. If he followed this whole situation, right. And just look at the comments. It is not all Syracuse fans. I saw Virginia fans in there, Tennessee fans in there. I saw an Arkansas fan. And I mean, there are fans of other teams that have no reason to pay attention to Syracuse football. And they look forward to his tweets every, every week. I mean, it's, that just tells you what Sean Tucker is, is doing and what his impact is um, at Syracuse this season. I mean, his Twitter game, if I can quickly just bring it up, as you said, his latest tweet has over 5,000 likes, uh, 600 plus retweets. Uh, if you go back, let's say, let's go back uh, to December of 2020 against Notre Dame, 500 likes, 24 retweets. I mean, if you go back to the beginning of this season, his first tweet, um, I'm scrolling up to it, 747 likes, 68 retweets. You can see that something's happening here. I mean, people yes. are following him now. It's it's lit, as the kids say. Yes, it's it lit. is. It is. It is litty. For Sean is Liddy. So that we can't talk about this game and not talk about the defense. We've discussed it a little bit, but Kingsley Jonathan with a tremendous game, three sacks, uh, Boston College late in that game with about five minutes to go. Syracuse is up by 15 points. The, the 21 to six would ended up being the final score. And they got down to a fourth and goal at the one yard line. Tried. They had to go for it. They tried to run the ball up the middle and uh, Canton Arku, along with with Kingsley Jonathan combined to make a stop uh, for a goal line stand to keep Boston college out of the end zone, but they pressured whichever Boston college quarterback they used. They, they kind of went back and forth. Uh, they used Dennis Grozel to start. He finished nine for 17 for 93 yards. They brought in true freshman Emmett Moorhead, who we discussed a little bit in the preview episode. He's a big six, six kid with a cannon of an arm. Um, he was just six for 15 for 87 yards in this game. They sacked him four times. They sacked Grossel once. Um, they just they held Boston College to 1.8 yards per carry. I understand that Boston College has struggled offensively, and they haven't done much in their last few games. But the Syracuse defense did exactly what you're supposed to do if you're a good defense against teams like that. You just dominate them and don't give them any breathing room. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, I mean, to start with the person you said first, Kingsley Jonathan, a three-sack day is wild. I mean, we saw earlier this season from, I believe, Marlowe Wax against Albany, which worst competition. Having three sacks is crazy good. Uh, Roscoe had half a sack. Stephon Thompson had one and a half sacks, too, which made it five on the day for us, which is crazy good. Uh, tackles for loss was a stat I looked at most, and I saw we had nine of them, which 
for those keeping track is nine plays that we had tackles for Lawson, which is absurd to see. Um, that sounds good. I think that's good. Yeah. It sounds pretty decent. Uh, I'm pretty pleased with that. If I was, if I was Sean Tucker, um, <laughs> And then on the, the DB end, I mean, outside of Chestnut's one big mistake, the huge one against Zay Flowers, the big completion, where if he turns his head around, it's a pick. Uh, outside of that, he decent game from what I can gather. I mean, Garrett Williams and Eric and Coley both had good games, both had seven tackles. Garrett Williams had six tackles on his own solo-wise. He had two tackles for loss as well and one pass deflected, which, you know, pretty good stat to have. The defense, just we know they're good. They've had a few weeks of that weird play of we said they're better than that. I mean, giving up 36 to Virginia Tech, not great. 40 to Wake, not great. 33 to Florida State, not ideal. But this is the first game we saw the defense really turn it up in a few weeks, and they they needed it. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if they continue their momentum uh, after the uh, week off and with Garrett Williams getting fully healthy and everyone else getting healthy for this game. Yeah, and speaking of getting healthy, uh, the the bye week is coming at a perfect time for Syracuse. Uh, they were without several players in this game. The reason that Courtney Jackson was able to return a punt is because their normal punt returner, Trevor Pena, was out uh, due to an undisclosed injury uh, that no one had any clue about. It was a complete surprise when the game started and it was announced that Pena was unavailable. Uh, they were without two offensive linemen in this game. They were without starter Carlos Federello, who's been starting at right tackle, began the season at center. And key reserve, um, they, they were without one of their key reserve offensive linemen, Darius Tisdale, as well. So if one of their starters had gotten hurt, he's usually one of the guys that comes in right away. He has started games for this team the last couple of years. They are without him. Despite that, moving a true freshman in Kalen Ellis into the starting lineup, they were still able to run for almost 300 yards and over six yards carry but they need those offensive linemen to get healthy dad depth. They need Garrett Schrader to have a couple of weeks off so that he can rest up um, from that big hit that he took against Virginia tech. Cause I think that did play a part in his inac some of his inaccuracy issues in this game. Um, Sean Tucker, he's running the ball, 25 carries a game, 150, 200 yards a game. He's getting pounded. Give him some rest to, to give him fresh legs for the final few games. They're, they're banged up defensively with some defensive backs in and out. We know, as you mentioned, Garrett Williams has missed some games. So this bye week is coming at a perfect time where Syracuse can get healthy to take three cracks at trying to get at least one more win and bowl eligibility. As much as it looked at the beginning of the season, like the bye was coming at a bad time this late, you almost feel like now it's coming at a perfect time. Yeah, it is. I mean, as the team needs to get healthy, uh, I believe pregame Chris Elmore are our, 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 the one we love the most also didn't play. I believe you are correct. I, 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 I can't believe yeah. I forgot Rhino, but yes, Chris Elmore yeah. did not play. Say so Elmore was out as well. And it's like the entire team is just hurt, banged up. As you said, Sean Tucker has to be tired. I mean, we understand the dude's the best running back in the nation right now, but even he, he should get tired at some point. So he deserves a week off. He, he earned it. And I mean, if we get, good Sean Tucker for three more weeks and then go into a bowl game with him healthy. I can't even imagine what that's going to look like. I mean, that's going to be scary for any team. And I said Schrader as well. We discussed and we thought he may have been hurt from that throw. He said, I'm hurting all over after it. And we were like, Oh, he'll be fine. He'll heal up again. As you said, he just looked hurt. He just looked like he was just a little bit worse for wear in this game. And he needs to get healthy. The alliance needs to get healthy. Everyone's got to get healthy. This comes at a time where everyone can relax and breathe and take a step back and say, 
Okay. We won two games on the trot. We now, as we've discussed, need one more win realistically to get into a bowl game. We're probably safe right now, but one of the next three games that we can win it, we're going to a bowl game. And that takes a lot of the edge off that it all of a sudden says, okay, we can breathe. We got three cracks at it, as you've said, and that is more than enough to get a win for this team. I mean, as we've stated week in, week out, right now we should be eight and one. That's where we should be, this team. Like outside of Rutgers, we should be eight and one right now. That's that's where we're at. And yep. the fact that we're not is shocking. So they deserve the week off. They've played like crazy. They played really well. They're one of the last teams to get their bye or their, their week off. So it comes at a great time. And, um, you know, good for them to have momentum going into the bye as well. Uh, that That's kind of where my final thought is, is the momentum going into the bye with three cracks at that bowl game, as you mentioned. Um, it's just, you know, it's such a shift from the past couple of years where it felt like there was a cloud of negativity surrounding the program almost at every turn, right? Even after wins. And even after losses this season, I know that there were a lot of people that were angry about the close losses and still blaming fire the coaches and, and you know, all those things. From my perspective, it just felt different. The group, this group of players felt different um, in terms of their attitude. They always seemed positive. They just seemed to have a lot of confidence in what was going on here. And you can kind of see it building and see what it's becoming. And so my final thoughts are just exactly what I just said. The positive momentum, the positive cloud around the program, the national recognition for some of the players. Courtney Jackson was ACC Specialist of the Week. Sean Tucker was ACC Running Back of the Week for the third time in the last four weeks. You know, it's it's just uh, it's good to see things kind of turning around from that perspective, sitting at five and four and, uh, you know, ready to make that final push over the last few weeks. Yeah, as we're ready for that final push. Again, as you said, the last three games, we have NC State, we have Pitt, and we have, if you can remind me of that last game, I believe it's Louisville. Um, Those three games to go, one win is required. That is all we need, Syracuse. Get healthy, heal up, go into that, go into the first game into Louisville. If we can knock that out there, go six and four, all of a sudden you put the hands off and say, you know what? We're good. We can have fun now. We can play with energy. We're playing with house money. And if you go end up going eight and four, I mean, wow, that's, that's something. Uh, and then you're, you end up being in a very nice bowl spot uh, for a, a close to a good New Year's Day game, possibly. Not there yet, but in the realm. Um, and my last final thought as well is just Sean Tucker is too good. Uh, <laughs> so it took him this long to get onto the Heisman like projection possibility and the uh, Maxwell's semifinalist list took him this long. I'm sorry, but there was like 10 running backs on that list as well. I was like, you you took you this long to get to him being on that list. Like he should have been there at week one. I don't know why he wasn't. There's there's one running back, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State, that you can make an argument is is having a better season or at least a comparable season to Sean Tucker. There's no one else. Those two should be the only one in the discussion for the best running back in the nation. It's Kenneth Walker and it's Sean Tucker. And then you've got B. John Robinson from Texas is 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 level below that. But it's those two at the top right now. They are crushing. And he's them. really good too. That's not a slight yeah. of Bijan Robinson. He's he's no, he's good. He's an he NFL is, caliber running. Back. He is absolutely an NFL caliber running back. But Sean Tucker is having a better season. Sean Tucker is having a legendary season. There's and no question about that. Again, I'll be the last one to say it. We are all pleased with his performances this season. 
and I'm going to put this into hopefully speak it into existence. I am clamoring for as a Red Sox fan. There is a new bowl game in Fenway Park this year, and I am just fingers crossed that that's where Syracuse ends up if they end up in a bowl game. Because for me, I'm going to take that six seven hour drive, and I'm going to have a blast going to Fenway and watching Syracuse play. It just from my perspective would be would be really cool. That'll do it for episode 17 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. I'm Mike McAllister for Kyle F. We are pleased with our performance, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.